This is the Scum and Snake Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Snake, welcome to season four. Season four of the Scum and Snake Show. It feels like season 109. <laughs> Is this I mean, the we have like that we've started. I think so. You know, we've had some things going on. I mean, I'm sure everyone knows, but there was a little thing called the the Schneek and Pew wedding that we were all a part Indeed. of recently. Yes, sir. That was a uh, took up a lot of our early summer recording, but I think this is a good starting point. You know, the first week of July, we got Fourth of July, we got training camps in a couple weeks i think it's just a perfect time where we can get some solid work in before the major part of the season uh, gets underway of course yeah we wanted to get this all out to you guys a little bit of a surprise but i think we always at least have a fourth of july episode for you to get you through the little time off uh we won't be weekly just yet i don't think just because we're trying to figure that out and I think when the season rolls around, we probably will get back to that three times a week thing. So, you know, we've got to leave you wanting a little more before that starts. But going to get you primed, going to get you prepped. As you said, Shanique, we are getting near to the season. So got to pique everyone's interest. Got to maybe get some ideas floating around in those in those minds of our league mates and our friends. But, you know, just excited to be back with you on the mics and have a little bit of fun. Yeah, I think I'm just overall excited just to talk football. I just want to talk players. I want to talk teams. I want to talk fantasy. I want to just start to get those juices kind of marinating again in our minds and in our bodies. Uh, And then all of our listeners, whether we've just got the league listening or some outliers out there wanting to know about some football stuff, uh, you know, it's the perfect time to just remember that football is is just right around the corner and uh before we know it we'll be week one and before we know it we'll just uh uh you know just be living our our best lives of football fantasy football news notes and everything in between i cannot wait for that but first nick we've got to do a nonsense minute of course And with it being the start of season four, obviously we're going to be thematic. I guess this is a a Mount Rushmore type of question. There's a lot of different ways we could go with it, but we've landed on. Uh, Shneek, I want to ask you, if you had to only eat four foods for the rest of your life, four meals, four four types of food, however you want to think about it, what would those be? And what could those be that you wouldn't get tired of, that you could live off of hit me with your four all right i'm gonna go with two major staples of grilling season fourth of july we're talking sneak chicken and bison mm. burgers Ooh, keeping it keeping it montana yeah that's uh you know those are staples in my house we make them at least once a week could eat those the rest of my life so i'm going to stick with those which keeps us on theme a little bit of the summer grilling fourth of july and then I'm going to go with shepherd's pie. Oh, good one. An absolute favorite of sneaky guys. Been around in my belly for 
as long as I can remember. And it's, you know, it's one of those meals that you can just feed on for days. And then my fourth meal, if I had to, I guess it would be a classic egg sando. Good. Well, you know, that's also a future ambition of yours, ours. Maybe, I don't know. We could always partner in an egg sando food truck, but got to get the breakfast staple in there. That's a good one, too. Yep. You, don't even, you could eat it any time during the day, actually. Yeah. I mean, I have them for lunch constantly. Nice butter. Got to get the bread toasted. Eggs scrambled just perfectly. Uh, so those are my four meals that I would say I'm okay with eating for the rest of my life. Those are my only options. Okay. I like it. We're going to have some crossover. I don't know. Mine might be a little bit cheating too, because I'm going to try to keep some flexibility with mine too. Uh, we'll start with burgers, but I won't be specific like you. I mean, I'll take bison, but we'll do regular beef patties as, too, as well. Maybe I'll throw in a little turkey sometimes. I don't know. I think that counts. I'm going to say all burgers. It does count. I like that. I'm going to say French fries, not just as a side to the burger, but adding in, you know, like your chili cheese fries. Yeah. Um, or maybe a little poutine. And you're up by the border. I don't, know, I don't know how much you've dabbled in poutine. I've dabbled a little bit. I just, I don't like it. I'm a fan of it. I'm a, I'm a big gravy guy. Big gravy guy. Weird, but <laughs> give me some gravy. And that leads me actually to my third one, which I, I've got to do. I got to, you know, keep the holiday vibes and I'll do a traditional turkey dinner. So, you know, your turkey, your gravy, your mashed potatoes. I don't, I don't I'm not going to ask for too much, but I've got to keep that intact. And I could eat that, you know, throughout the year. It doesn't even need to be in the fall around Thanksgiving season. That's one of my faves. Okay. Shout out Marie Callender's turkey dinner. Oh, used to yeah. crush, used to crush those. And then fourth, I'm a sweets guy, and I think I got to keep a dessert. So, uh, give me Oreos as a, as a full meal, as a fourth dish. Can't yeah. give them up. Going to keep them forever, and just maybe I'd have to eat that for lunch one day, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, love. I love the dessert. Love the cookie throw in. Uh, you uh, a sleeve of Oreos is is a meal at any time, and as long as it's at least double stuff, preferably mega, but at least double stuff. You're on that mega, aren't you? I, uh, I'm, I'm so mega. Oh, dude, I'm not. I'm just a classic double stuff. I I didn't like the mega. I don't like all the other iterations. I know you're a golden one, a golden fan. I'm just a classic Oreo. Good. I don't want no other different flavors or nothing else going on in there. You don't. You can't really beat the classics, but it's fun to branch out a little bit. I love a golden. I love a lemon. Lemon is very good. I love a lemon thin, actually. Really? And uh, yeah. Okay. And well, not, not even let me, because let me ask you this, Scott. You mentioned one of your uh, meals was the the classic turkey dinner, mashers, the whole fixings, even outside of Thanksgiving. When was yeah. the last time you had a full turkey dinner outside of Thanksgiving? Uh, well, I haven't had it since Thanksgiving because listen, it's hard. It's hard to get turkey portion for a family of four nowadays. You know, not now. That's what we're doing. Before, I could eat it at the restaurant that I worked at. I could get a frozen turkey dinner, which you know, probably disgusting, but I would do it. 
now I've got to get what, like a, a turkey breast and, and cut it up into slices and do all that. I mean, we could, maybe I should inter- introduce that into the rotation, but if, if we're limiting myself to the four, we're, I'm going to have to do it more often. So that that's the thing. All right. Maybe no, I'm, you're, you're working this into like the future. Like if I had to do this, I would choose this and enforce exactly. it more often. There you go. All right. I got that with you. And then maybe I'd hate it, but you know what? I've I've painted myself in that corner and I'm sticking to it. How about some personal uh personal Cornish game hens for the family? We could do that. We've dabbled in that a little bit. You know, if you don't want to deal with the big turkey or don't want to deal with just like some pre-sliced breasts, you can get some some personal pan pizza turkeys. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I could deep fry that. I probably could. Yeah, definitely. You want to be able to use your deep fryer. I know you're just like the deep fried turkey connoisseur over here. So you need to be able to use that deep fryer. Love it. Put put that rub that seasoning on the night before and just get in there with the rub. Just let it rub all in. Drop her in the oil. Mwah. Mwah. Well, Shneek, that was a, a fun season four opener nonsense minute question to all our listeners even the outliers out there that we talked about we love you first of all we love you and we know you're there <laughs> so let us know yeah somewhere let us know what your four meals would be because we want to hear about it and yell about it all right Shane, should we get into football Let's should we get into the football. turkey dinner turkey dinner and potatoes of this show yes i do all right, folks, so we're kicking things off. We're going to stay pretty broad, but we're going to talk about what Sneak and I think are the biggest storylines heading into the NFL season, the real NFL, and into the LV Dynasty season. Two different things, a lot of crossover. I mean, LV Dynasty might be a little more important, but we're going to talk about those big storylines for you. So, Sneak, why don't you give me yours for the real NFL first? What's your big thing heading into the season? So it's going to be very, I think it's hard for us to kind of differentiate between NFL storylines and fantasy storylines or dynasty related storylines. I've got a couple and I feel like we could probably organically find some more to talk about, but I wouldn't be sneak of the scum and sneak show. If I didn't say that one of the biggest NFL storylines going into this year which we've already dealt with it for the past offseason, is the whole encompassing conversation around Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Figured we'd go there, yep. You know, I've been a detractor of his in the past. I've I've picked him as a dope many times over the years. I've uh, never really thought of him as a staple player on a team that he could bring you whatever it is that you need you're looking for. But my my NFL storyline with him right now is, was he going to be traded? Was he going to sign somewhere else? What was going on with the Ravens? Has he, has he actually lived up to all of the praise that he has gotten for the past, whatever, four or five years? Yeah, he, he wins like 70% of his games. That's great. But this year they said, all right, you know, it was a little him and hawing, a little back and forth. They paid him. And now they're seemingly went after a version of weapons for him. 
Like, because Lamar Jackson's mm-hmm. never really had that receiver that you can call home about besides your Mark Andrews. And I've never really been the biggest fan of his either. But they go and sign Odell to that big contract. I I mean, what? how old is Odell now? 31? I think so, yeah. Sounds about right. Coming off the injuries, is he going to be able to be a 1,210 touchdown guy? They went and drafted Zay Flowers. Uh, I don't know if they signed anybody else. Am I forgetting anybody? Besides I don't, who they've had, the Bateman. Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, Bateman's the other name that people are interested in and is still there. Um, and is, you know, in year what three with Lamar coming off of two injury um riddled, I guess you could say, years. So yeah. um, it feels no, like for me that it even though they've got the contract, so really you're gonna say that you Lamar probably got a good three to five years to, I don't know, live up to that contract. But for me, the storyline is the Ravens finally, I guess I guess I'm going to put some air quotes around that, went and got him weapons. And now will Lamar Jackson become the Lamar Jackson that I guess everyone thinks he is or whatever. I don't know. I, I'm not saying he can't or he's not going to. I'm just saying, for me, this is one of the bigger storylines where he got paid and he's got the best weapons that he's ever had. If now is not the time, then maybe Lamar really truly is just a, a uh, just a running quarterback that can never really put together the throwing aspect of being a quarterback. So that's kind of that's probably my number one NFL. I know it's a lot. You could make the connection fantasy, but I just think. Ravens Lamar because it just it just it it took up so much of our our off season and now we need to see it turn into I don't know I guess no I whatever whatever I totally I totally agree with you because it's it's a big story it was a big story when there was some uncertainty as to where he might go if he was going to get traded or whatever the case was going to be right so that that definitely takes up a lot of the thing. And I, and I think our conversation too about the big NFL storyline, it, it does come back to fantasy because that's what, that's what we're thinking about, right? Like, yeah, does it, do these weapons make the Ravens a little better? Probably. Were they a Super Bowl contender? I don't think so. Um, I mean, they're, they're one of the better teams in the league. They're not like at, at the bottom in the dredges, but, you know, I don't think they were, uh, even a dark horse, at least in my mind, but, you know, a playoff team that if things break the right way, like, you know, the couple of Giants runs that we saw, like, I don't think they were ever, I, I think that'd be the same kind of boat, right? Like you, you get in wild card or maybe win the division, um, but not a lot of expectations. And then you just kind of catch that hot streak, right? And then you can win the Super Bowl. So that is important. Uh, one for the NFL, but also fantasy wise, there's so many different ways we can extend that conversation about Lamar, even being back with the Ravens. He's because of the rushing, he's locked in as like a top 10, probably like top eight fantasy quarterback. We've seen the the number one uh, quarterback upside as well. So that's always hanging around there. So if, if you think that the weapons help him be like a cheap option to finish as the quarterback one that you can uh, acquire cheap in a dynasty league or that you can draft later than some of the other guys in redraft. 
then obviously that's like a, a big target for you, right? Like if you think that swing is more likely this year with, with Odell, with Zay Flowers, um, then yeah, it's, it's really, he's a really important discussion piece uh, in the quarterback landscape. You also then talk about his receivers, you know, let's say pass catchers, because Mark Andrews, we know, is a locked-in top three, if not top two, pet-end pick off the board, too. So does Odell eat into that? Does if I eat into that? Or if not, do you just spend up and draft Mark Andrews like uh, late first, early second in redraft? You know what I mean? Or, or do you pay up because now him and Lamar are kind of locked up and you know that connection is there so plans right. um, there and then it also affects like your rookie drafts and your uh even looking back at your young assets like bateman and flowers like what do you think about those guys because now lamar again is locked up and you probably look at those two more so based on their talent uh, than situation right like you think if if one is better than the other and one's gonna become the number one then okay whatever whatever you think the value of lamar's number one receiver well number one option behind Andrews is then you know you you go accordingly but I think you have to choose between one of them and you also have I I don't think he even if he is you know a a really good passer that has never had weapons I don't think that offense even you know changing from the run heavy approach is going to sustain three high-end receivers right he's not going to throw at that volume, even though we expect an increase. So again, you kind of take that into the conversation at the wide receiver end. And then with him being such a good rusher, where, where do you put your investment in JK Dobbins another year off the ACL, like good talent had a bunch of bright spots last year. You kind of saw uh, some rust still, but you know, I think a lot of people probably have him, him being JK as a, a similar like dark horse investment that you can get cheaper that could return. I don't think like top 12, but maybe in that top 20 range, you know, a strong RB two, but again, is he going to get yeah inside the 10 carries or is it just going to be Lamar keeping it still? Like there's so much that revolves around Lamar fantasy wise, even if it's not, like even if you're like not like the Ravens are going to be this top seven offense in the league, you still have to consider their players, especially at a lot of the premium positions. So it's a huge storyline for sure. Yeah, I'm no, thinking I rambled I, there a I lot. With everything that you're, I agree with everything that you're saying there. Uh, I think just as the uh, fans of just football and fantasy, we'd like to see that offense be able to sustain multiple receivers running back Lamar like I think it would just be I think it would be fun and and good and and we'll we'll wait to see what some of these camp reports come out with that whole offense in general uh but yeah I think that's uh that's it yeah I mean overall initial word is that they will be opening it up more um you know we have to see it first to really I don't know believe it I, I guess is the best way to put it but um based on your gut where where does Lamar finish this year? Lamar specifically, uh, fantasy wise, quarterback wise, I think he's yeah. I think he finishes as the ninth overall quarterback. Okay, I say I say seven, which isn't that much difference, and just again, he's a good option. 
but I think it'll just be about the same. I don't really see. I don't know. There, uh, there's like he was very good, so there's not much of a, a ceiling rise that I think can really happen. Um, let's see where he finished last year, just for the sake of things. He finished. 14 last year so we're both actually we're both um expecting a increase but i think that's based on um, some missed games too yeah he missed um four or five games so um yeah i bet we're both right there on track he'll probably finish as eight then to split our difference there we go are you ready for my big storyline um about our lv dynasty league mm-hmm it's something that we've talked about before, but I think the big thing is what does our champion do? What does Wade do to repeat, if anything, um, especially with the rumors swirling that he might be leaving? And what I mean by that is obviously he's got a strong roster because he's coming off of a win, but I think he's lost some some juice, especially at the running back position. So one, what is the market out there in our league in general? Because that always shifts, right? Um, what can he do to bolster his running back core um, when a lot of the good running backs are on other competing teams? And two, like, he historically has been someone that doesn't overspend. He doesn't put in a lot of future draft capital into players unless it's, you know, he's getting something pretty young back or whatever the case is. But if he wants to repeat and he really is thinking about leaving, does he throw all that away? And do we see a new version of Wade that's just like, here's all my future firsts and seconds, here's young guys to get like, a, I don't know, a Dalvin if he lands somewhere good or, um, you know, someone like that that's not necessarily a young uh, long-term running back, but someone that could have high-end value just for him this year. So that's my thing because I feel like if he just stays the same, okay, then nothing really changes, right? And he just tries to run it back. But if he he goes all in, that could change a lot of things for a lot of different teams in our league. Well, first of all, where are the rumors that he's leaving? Uh, you know, from from people in the cabin, people people close to the situation, people who may or may not be Wade. <laughs> well... Uh, I like that. That's fun. You know, what does our champion do? Does he leave? Does he repeat? Does he mortgage the foreseeable future for a, for a try to get the the two in a row? I would agree with you. His running back, just we were all having this conversation about his team last year about his running backs. Really, all he has is Chubb. Um, and that's, I guess that's really all, all he really does have. So, but I'm looking at his picks here. He's got one twelve and three seconds, he'll be able to find some running backs with those picks that hopefully are at least serviceable guys this year. Uh, and I think a lot of, well, I'm kind of on that boat as well, just with, I'm okay with rolling out just in my, whatever, however I can convince myself that a running back is just a serviceable, startable, playable type player, not a big home run hitter, not a big point getter because he's got Josh Allen and CeeDee and Waddle and Tyreek and he's got Mike Williams and he's got, you know, Tony, who's probably the number one in Kansas City right now. And he's got Hawkinson and he's got, 
you know, he's got way more other options to get his points. So I think he's going to just roll out whatever he can at the running back position. I don't see him making a big move for a big name running back. It just, I just don't see that being Wade's go to. So if I were to somehow answer your question there, I would say his best bet for repeat is to hope that his draft picks at, at, at least at that 112, he gets himself a, a weekly starting running back that he could get 10 to 12 points from and hope that the rest of his guys pick up the load. Um, and then in terms of, is he going to leave? What is the, you know, we could have a whole, probably a whole episode, a whole good hour episode on what is the state of the league. If we lose another player, if we just the whole overall temperature of this dynasty league, where does everyone is where is everyone sitting with their teams, with their, uh, are they, you know, it's like, where does this league go from here? Does it just keep going the way it's going and we're just content with having it the way it is? Or is there a reset? Is there a something or other? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's important that maybe at some point that we do have that conversation because I, we've, we've said it for years. There's, there's a lot that we love about this league, but there's a lot of frustrations about this league as well. And I don't know if losing Wade and having someone, I don't know who that would be to take over his team, do anything special for us or not, but uh, yeah. Listen, first of all, we can have that conversation and I will have it quickly because league health is fine. First of all, the Scott and Schneek show is a valuable injection of adrenaline and uh, testosterone replacement for, for this league. Secondly, uh, we've got people waiting in the wings if Wade or whoever else were to leave. Lots of interested parties, maybe even some ghosts from the past, and uh, we'll be fine. Thirdly, that's about it. <laughs> Moving on. Back, some ghosts back to the from the past. About, some ghosts from the past, maybe some haunted buffaloes I know have, okay. have poked around. Okay. Um, you know, just there's, there's, there's bench strength, I would say, for sure. Don't, right. let, don't let the I what ifs. I'm not afraid of it anymore. I love it. Don't let the what ifs weigh anyone down. We'll figure her out. She'll float. This isn't a, a Titanic submarine. We're not going to implode. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't people. worry. Don't you worry. Um, but so with Wade, I, I think most likely situation is you're right. He just makes his picks, tries to get a running back, and that's it because that's what he always does. But that's boring. And maybe <laughs> I'm injecting too much of like my my ideology into it too, but. Repeating is hard. Like we saw Eric build a juggernaut, win win his first championship, then make some pretty big moves to really bolster his team. You know, and people thought it was just uh, going to be a, a run out. He made it to the title game, but then he lost. So nothing's guaranteed. I think you have to make moves. You have to try. You can't just sit back and rest on your laurels to win. So that, and you know, in my head, like Wade may not care enough to think about that and see that, but I hope he does. And I hope that there's some kind of like action uh, 
to where we, you know, it's like a, it's an economy, right? He's got to put some of that back out there so it gets spent. I don't even, that's probably wrong. I'll probably get some heat from the economists out there, but we got to get things moving somehow. Um, and there's only so much that the, the typical traders can do in that sense. So right. we've got to get those other resources out there somehow, some way, and he could be the key to it, I think. So that's, that's my storyline, or maybe at least just my, my fantasy about fantasy. Yeah. Well, I got a, I got a dynasty, a fa- an overall dynasty storyline, and that is, you know, has to do with our league, but also just in dynasty itself. And I think we have to just kind of talk a little bit about Bijan. You know, he's, ooh, he, ooh. he's going to be the number one pick. He's going to be the number one dynasty. Maybe. Running Maybe. back. Um, I think the question is, is he the next, I don't know, he goes early back as Saquon, as uh, McCaffrey. As, is he the next safest dynasty running back that you can draft number one overall and know that you're going to get four to five years out of him? You know, the Elliot, you know, Elliot back in, uh, 16, you know, you know, you, you're drafting a running back that is going to be a top five running back for the next five years in dynasty. Is he the, is, is he it? Is he, is he the guy, you know, that's the, I think that's the question a lot of dynasty players are right now thinking about. I mean, just the other day I saw he was ranked as like the number five overall in redrafts so is he the next coming of the great running backs or is he going to be a little bit more in the middle tier style running back like because if he is let's say that Bijan let's just hypothetically that Bijan is more of a Give me a running back or give me just not even a name. Just let's say he's not, let's say he's a top fifth. He's a, he's a seven through a 15 running back for the next five years. Is that, is that warrant a number one overall pick? A number one overall pick in a rookie draft, right? Or in a, like a startup? Is that what is in, that your, in, Yeah, in, in, or, in, a, in dynasty of whatever whatever way you want to talk about in dynasty. Yeah, well, so You're I think... You're drafting Bijan today, and he turns out to only be, for the next five years, he never cracks the top seven or eight running back overall that year. He never does that, let's say. But let's say he's consistently a seven through a 12, seven through 15 running back. Does that, does he, is he living up to the hype? Is he living up to the, the draft capital of number one overall? I'd say if that's the guarantee for, for the 2023 rookie draft, I think that's a fine first overall pick for sure. Like if that's, you know, if you're like, that's going to the bank, you'll never have worse than 12 or 15. I think you take that. Um, and this goes into what I was going to say about the main like NFL big storyline is just 
the running back landscape. So we'll kind of fold those two conversations together in a weird muddled way. That's going to take way too long and be too rambly, but here we go. Um, but if you, if you were to ask me um, again, going back to that guarantee seven to 15, what does that give you for um, like a dynasty startup? I think he probably still is the, the top running back off the board because of age and that production, but you can't take him before some of the wide receivers, even maybe some of the quarterbacks um, or even like a tight end because the running back position is just so in flux right now. And what you're saying earlier, I think the question about is he the next like generational foundational running back on a roster? No, because I don't think those exist anymore, but I think he is the first iteration of like the new wave of running backs that we're going to see be valuable because we're in this state of like full-blown committees. There's barely any workhorses anymore. And when we do have them, like your Derrick Henry's, they're getting older and that's going to phase out in the next two or three years. Maybe there's um, some, some length there that, I'm not projecting, or maybe I'm cutting it short, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, but that's going to go away. Once Derrick Henry retires, the, the Titans will have probably a, a combo back there. And then um, you're, you're seeing it across the board, like all of our mainstays. Christian McCaffrey is probably one of the top producers, but he's in the Shanahan system where they're going to cycle through a bunch of backs. Um, and he's starting to get older. Your your Dalvins and your Zeeks that we relied on for years, they're um, looking for teams to be on, and they're probably still going to be decently effective, but most likely they're they're going to get dropped into a situation where they're like nuking someone else's value um, and limiting their own. So I think that's just where we're headed. Um, you know, your Nick Chubb is probably the last example too of, of someone who has the majority of the work, but um, still a lot to be seen there because when Kareem Hunt was there, we saw a bit of a split, um, definitely just some um, resistance to to give Chubb like that Derek Henry workload. And I just, like, we're not going to see that anymore. Josh Jacobs got it last year. He's definitely going to be running to the ground and not repeat. So, Bijan in a situation where he probably gets majority of the carries, but they still are going to spell him with Algier and, and probably whoever else like that's, that's the new wave, but he's just going to have the, the chops and the pedigree to produce well as a rusher and a receiver um, in that CMC type mold, but never at that level that we saw CMC when he was with the Panthers that, that one year. Um, so what I'm saying is that that's the the top end that you're going to get now. The running back position is not going to be as valuable as it was even three, four years ago. Um, and you have to value receivers more now, uh, especially with a dynasty perspective. So did that? Does any of that make sense, or did I just go off and talk about too many different things? No, I think it. I mean, I think it makes sense. I also. I just bring it up like I think it's 
and I, I guess I guess my brain just I just I'm trying to think of a player in the last even like you said the last three or four years to where they were like and I'm, I'm again I don't even know if I should go down this path like consensus number one overall like that like let's let's just not sugarcoat it you tanked for Bijan you went after Bijan yeah. there's, no, there's no consequences to tanking so it's fine you and a lot of people are saying and I'm one of them I truly do believe that Bijan's going to be great for at least his rookie contract at least for the next three to five years like he's going to be amazing yeah the workhorse running backs are a thing of the past but he's but we they still get they're still they're still starting running backs all over the league that get 300 carries and tons of uh, targets and tons of work and tons of everything so I think he's going to turn all of his opportunities into gold and I think he's going to be great I think just in terms of the question that I was trying to make I guess was you you have to you you have to Think of it as like there's one running back, there's Bijan right now that you just, you have to have the confidence that he's going to be amazing, top tier running back, fantasy player for the next five years. But there's probably at least five receivers, maybe not five this year, but there's maybe three receivers this year that you could pretty much draft and say I can he might not be good for three years and I still get seven years of him being good and I think it's taken me in terms of dynasty thoughts I, I feel like I started out just personal little personal anecdote I started out dynasty wise receivers and then I saw that there was a shift to running backs or that running backs were way more needed and then I did that route and now I'm back to the receiver route so if you I guess maybe the 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 flip of this conversation is if you're not getting Bijan you probably shouldn't go after any running backs within that first I don't know that that first round those first round picks because it's Bijan in terms of strict rookies, in terms of strict dynasty, everyone else is on a team. Your options are Bijan, Gibbs, and that's it. I don't think you can be drafting Gibbs and thinking that he is going to be anywhere near a running back that you can rely upon at such a high – because basically he's going to go two or three or four in our draft specifically. But in my opinion, I think you have to go after JSN, Quentin Johnson. Uh, you have to go after the running backs as a because he's he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be a worth the pick, worth the hot that high of a pick. I think. Yeah, so what, like, what so I'm saying, saying is worth that high of a pick. And you can go into that pick just like you could have gone into Elliott, Saquon, McCaffrey, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor. You could have gone into those picks saying, I have the full confidence that he's going to be worth this pick. Now, if there's an injury, 
if there's whatever that so be it, or if he gets somehow maybe in a doghouse or in a weird scheme to where you're like, why isn't, I mean, I drafted Derek Henry and he didn't, he didn't become the guy for like, he didn't, he was behind DeMarco Murray. He was, it was at least two seasons, if not three. And it was frustrating because I needed Derrick Henry to be good immediately because I was drafting a first round running back with the, with the, the college stats to back it up. I needed him now. So I think if you're drafting Bijan for now, you're good. And you can do that with all confidence across the board. But if you're drafting Gibbs for now, I think you're going to have headaches. Yeah. Because yeah, so, he doesn't have so overall. The my, to round out yeah. my point here is yes, I do believe that Bijan is the next running back for the next five years that you can just plug in and never have to think about. Just like people had had been able to do that in the past with very specific running backs. But I guess then my my auxiliary question is, who else right now in Dynasty? That you can that you're you're drafting as a rookie because we have such big rosters. There's no other. But you're only drafting rookies right now. Who else are you? Let's hear. I'm flipping the question on you now. Who else is? Can you draft right now? And and at least convince yourself that you're going to be the the safest. What is the other? Who is the other safest? pick that you can make right now besides Bijan. Personally, I think it's JSN. I think you could draft him Agreed. right now. And even if he has, because, because oh my gosh, here I go, I'm just ranting now. Because last year, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, who else? Who else was our receivers last year? I mean, Drake London didn't really have Drake a London. year, I guess. Um, you got Pickens, you got Burks, you got, but like, so let me compare JSN then to Garrett Wilson and Olave. They both, Olave and Wilson both had a thousand yards and they had like what, three or four touchdowns. Okay. Those are good rookie years. I think if JSN doesn't even do that, you can still have the confidence knowing that like, he's going to be very, very good and this isn't, I'm not preaching, I'm preaching to the choir here. Everyone knows that the receivers have the longevity. Receivers have, you have the ability to let them develop a little bit more. I mean, you could, you're going to have, in my opinion, you're going to have JSN for the next, you're going to have Jax for the next 10 years. And I think you'll be lucky if you have Gibbs for three or four. There's, there, there. Yeah, no, that, rounding that, my that's point fair. Out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the thing though. So, yeah, I, I, I have, Bijan and Jackson as the of the top two picks players in the class, right? And then you get to the next tier, and then there's question marks for all of them. Gibbs just being smaller, running back like longevity, all that. And then um Quentin Johnston, um, Jordan Addison, like I don't have as much confidence in them as I do with uh JSN, right? So they I think they could be good, but they could also end up having like a, a Jalen Rager type career, right? Where they're touted, they're in good positions, and then they flame out because they're not the same level of talent. So that's where your question comes in. And I think what you were getting at originally, right, with these top picks is like, do I want 
um, uh, a borderline running back one with maybe Spike here. So like a Joe Mixon, right at number one. What do I want? And that's for you know four or five years. Or do I want seven, eight years of uh, guaranteed wide receiver too, like uh, like a Terry McLaurin, who we don't really like, but I'm buying more years where I don't have to worry about receiver and I can kind of churn through those short-term running backs, right? Is, is that kind of what you're getting at? I think that's, I think like that's those, I guess I'm just, yeah, those kind of just levels. in terms of like, there's no question Bijan, anyone, he can be drafted number one of all, he's going to be good. I don't think there's any question there. I think just now let's switch it just in terms of like an overall dynasty rookie draft. I think there's only one other player. There's two players in this draft. It's Bijan and Jackson, in my opinion, that you can draft yeah. with full confidence that they are going to be very good and live up to their draft capital for their whole careers. The rest, yeah. I don't have that confidence, but I have more of that confidence in the receivers than I do in Gibbs. Yeah, you might as well take the receivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would take – I would almost take – at this point, I would probably take Johnston over Gibbs. I, I guess – and this baby. is my own personal thing coming out of, like, I feel like I just – I'm over the running back thing right now, and I'm going to just deal with – I don't need a first round or a top three running back on my team anymore. I don't think you need that. I don't think you need that to be competitive. Yeah, no. I don't necessarily even think you need it to win your league. And I think that's where I was going with my whole conversation, right? Like Bijan is one of the few um, solid resources at running back that you can count on, you know, hopefully. Um, otherwise, it is pretty interchangeable, especially as some of, the, some of these other guys age out, you know, like like I mentioned, Christian McCaffrey. He's, I would say in redraft, he's like one of the top three running backs probably. Um, but I don't know if I'd make that investment in, in a dynasty league. Um, Jonathan Taylor is probably the only other guy that has like the youth and production on his side, but he's coming off such a down year that it's hard to to feel confident in it, right? Like, is it the start of a, a Trent Richardson decline, or is it just you know a one off? So there's there's just question marks across the board, and I think moving forward, we're only going to have question marks about most running backs until the the next you know Zeke Bijan type prospect that's just going to be Solid, and I, and I think their their floors are even a little higher than you were saying. Like, you know, seven to fifteen doesn't sound as good as like okay, six to ten at least, right? Like that's what we're hoping for and targeting um, with that type of prospect. So, I, I think we're in agreement though that if it's not if you're not even close to that type of confidence, and I don't think you and I are there with Gibbs, then. Spend less on a running back, go for like a. I mean, I'm not even like Charbonnet, like try to find someone um, in a in a muddier situation, maybe like a. Uh, it's hard finding a name, but like a um, Kendra Miller, right? Where we think Kamara is phasing out age wise and legal issue wise. And then the only other competition is Jamal Williams, who's pretty good, but like aside from last year, hasn't been like a, a major, major producer, right? So you take your shot there at a cheaper price point and just hope he takes over, right? And is, again, a top 12 
fringe guy for two years until they make a higher draft capital investment. And then you just move on from there, right? Like might as well use your, use your gunpowder on a big name or a potential big name wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Agreement yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I'm just trying to look through some of these, like the majority of the running backs that have been around for the past four or five years. I'm not, I'm, 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 I think Gibbs is going to be good. And I think he's going to be, you know, whatever, but I just think there's a little bit and I'll end it like this. I think there's just, you have to be a little bit wary when a running back that is supposed to be drafted in fantasy and dynasty as a top three pick, I think you have to be wary of them to of either saving your team or saving your season or having that solid piece when they weren't drafted into the NFL really for that purpose. Now I know the Lions went up to get Gibbs, and so maybe you can convince yourself. But as you as you said earlier in the show, it's all about committees. It's all about split backfields. It's all about just getting players on the team that can help that team win. I don't think Gibbs is going to be the type of running back to where you're going to say he's going to be a, a 100 to 120 all-purpose yard a, a week guy with a touchdown. I mean, I don't – he's not – and if you're not getting that, in my opinion, by drafting Gibbs number two overall, you might as well go for the longevity potential of a receiver because if you're not getting that with Gibbs in the first year or two, then you're already into two years of a running back lifespan where you're going to, you're, you're drafting Gibbs number two overall to get him in his third year to be good. Who knows what your team's going to look like. Then. Yeah. Your dynasty output is going to look, you, you know, you're almost better <clears throat> letting someone else draft him. Or if you're a team like, uh, if you're a team like, you know, Ernie, the only one that comes to mind was how many players he has. If he can get his hands on Gibbs, it's it's great because he's just adding to his arsenal. But if you're someone like sure, yeah, if I'm drafting Gibbs number two, and he's my only running, he's my like, then I'm saying I need Gibbs to be 20 to 25 point guy. And I'm just saying I just don't think he's gonna be that. And if he is gonna be that, it might not be for the next for a year or two down the line or whatever, maybe anyway. Here, I got a fun little exercise. Yeah. No. We're going to move on off well, of it. Just... One more thing. Wait, one, one more thing, one more thing. Because the perfect comp for Gibbs, in fitting exactly what you're saying, is Swift, the guy that Gibbs is replacing. I think DeAndre Swift was like the third or fourth pick in the rookie draft that year. Running back, you know, good pedigree, good situation. Never panned out and was replaced. So, yeah, uh, Tyler, I think it was, spent that draft pick on him high never got that kind of production return back. He ended up trading him away. Brandon's never gotten that return. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Swift and Philly, but that's exactly what you're saying. If it's not one of those all-time prospect kind of guys, you're running a strong risk. Um, so, yeah. All right, Scott. Now we can move on. We're going to move on. I'm going to hit you with uh, – we got to keep it We got to keep it short. I'm going to hit you with some NFL overarching – storylines and more so i'm just going to kind of say boom and i want you to give me a sentence or two in your just opinion thoughts on the topic 
Okay, I can I can be Kurt here. Let's try it. <laughs> All right. Let's start with a, kind of an easy one. Give me your opinion just on the Chiefs. I think they're they have the best quarterback in the world and they have a good chance of repeating. All right. What about the quarterback situation with Oakland? Or Oakland. I think <laughs> Vegas. The Raiders. The Raiders. I think, Garoppolo, I think, does he come in there? What does that offense look like? No, I think they're in a world of hurt, and they're just going to be down to the dredges, and uh, they're going to finish last in, in the division easily. Okay. Follow-up question with that. What does that do to Devontae Adams, not overall, just his overall fantasy value, but just his demeanor? Does he request a trade? Does he get out of there? Does he just say, I'm a Raider and I'm finishing my career here no matter what happens? Does What happens there? Is there turmoil? Is there what's going on with Devontae? Because he's still top receiver. He's still very much in the radar of not only the NFL teams, but in fantasy. What happens there? If that happens with the with the Raiders, that they just yeah, uh, big time malcontent by the end of the season, he tries to force his way out, probably doesn't get it, and just has a a dumb season. It'll probably be like fine, but going to be dumb for him. Okay, and he'll be he'll be on a new team by the start of next year at the latest. Uh, let's talk about the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Jordan Love rookie or second year receivers is it just aj dylan aaron jones get 250 carries each yes <laughs> all right i don't trust vikings. i don't trust madison. christian watson yeah vikings and madison uh, the vikings does he, does he jump in and take over the role and get a is he do they not miss a beat with no dalvin no, they're definitely going to switch to a committee and be more pass-heavy, so arrow up on Addison and Hawkinson. Madison is not worth, like, a you know, rich investment. He's going to be splitting with um, Ty Chandler, um, the guy they drafted, what's the name, like, DeAndre something. Editing note, it's Dwayne McBride, D-Wayne, whatever. And my guy Kenny Wong Wu, they're gonna they're gonna split a lot. I think. I don't think they give Madison like seventy percent of the carries or anything close to that. Okay. Uh, give me your pulse on the Broncos. If there's another down year, is Russell Wilson now the only narrative is that he had a good defense and a very unique situation in Seattle? No, uh, they'll bounce back. You know they have the new uh, Sean Payton system they'll implement that a little better and they'll be they'll be a good offense and a good team I think the woes we saw last year are not going to be uh, repeated give me one word to describe the Washington commanders this year in terms of everything surprisingly I'm going to say fun fun and so uh, yeah. you start, you said surprisingly, because my word is surprise. <laughs> I think we're going to be very surprised on what this offense can do this year. Yeah, I think, I don't think they're going to be like great, but I, I think Eric uh, Bianami is going to like have some fun stuff. I think Sam Howell will, will sling 
it. He'll probably turn the ball over a lot, but um, there'll just be some there'll, there'll be some highs, I think, and we'll see some great games, but not consistent games from McLaurin, from Jahan Dotson. Um, I like their running back group. We'll probably see too much of a split for us to really like to love any of them, but they're all good and um, you know, we'll be we'll be fine, fun options. So kind of a fun offense. Fun offense. Surprise fun. I put those together. Surprise fun. There you go. Uh, let's see. Where does Justin Fields end the season as fantasy quarterback number? Four. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't have rankings yet, but stick it to a four. All right. Uh, what else? Do I got anything else here? I think I'm good. I would flip it back on you, but I think we're, we've got enough content and enough of a intro for our friends. That was fun, Shneek. That was a great great um entryway into season four getting us getting us our sea legs back yeah i don't think we could have asked for a better first episode that was fun uh a little long-winded on that whole Bijan thing i probably hopefully you're going to edit it because i probably make zero sense or i'm going to get eviscerated <laughs> by what exactly i was even trying to say but that's what happens with this podcast and this show is you start, you think that you're on to some sort of point and then you don't really ever actually make the point. And then you just keep kind of rambling on and on until you just say, ah, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's, that's what we do best, I think. That's what we do best. And I think we have a very, very niche audience that enjoys it. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of our niche audience, let's end with a promotion for them. We're, we're a little bit out of order, out of sorts. Well, folks, 4th of July sale for Juge Plus. You're going to get started to be prepped for your redrafts, for your dynasty rookie drafts or whatever. And you're going to need rankings. You're going to need input from your favorite fantasy course, Juge Plus. So if you want 40% off of your yearly subscription to Juge Plus, you have to send Sneak a wedding gift and show me the receipt. That's right. If you want 40% off of your Juge Plus membership for the year, send Sneak and Katie a lovely wedding gift. Juge Plus. All right. Well, that's it for, for this episode, Sneak. I, I don't know when, when we'll be back, but we'll think of some fun stuff, you know, the trickle and sprinkle in leading up to really the heart of draft season and everything when we really get going. Yeah, when uh, next time we get on, hopefully we'll be talking about the slow draft. I think it's uh, at least a month away. We might be uh, we might be at our thirty day mark to where we're starting there. Hopefully, I'm excited to get to get that going. Oh, me too. Especially because we are the top two picks in the draft. Look at us. I know. Oh boy, are we gonna milk it? Be ready. Ready for that full 16 hours to be used, everybody. Full full day. I better get I better get some wild trade offers. I'm ready. Everything is everything is on the table. I know. And after our conversation, I better stop getting these dumb offers that you guys have been sending. Like now you know what our thoughts are. So come correct. <laughs> have you been getting some dumb offers for the number one? 
Of course. Tell me the most recent offer. Wait, what are you? What doesn't is, have to tell me who it came from. Just tell me what it was. Let me look. What, what do you need a running back for? Your team's value. By the time you're good again, beat it on, we'll be in the league. Blah, 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 blah. How do I look at my rejected trades? Let's see. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold, please. Play the weight music. Okay, I think I got it. The most recent one I rejected was three firsts for the first overall pick, so for Bijan, and then a second and a third. So, you know, not not a lot of... Um, and buy a lot of equity with those first. And then also two of them that were coming back are, are known and they weren't very good. So that's that's what the most recent dumb one was. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to do a trade, you're going to need a lot of ammo for that number one or the number two overall pick. And you know what? Maybe the number two pick is Bijan. Oh, really? Oh, really? You better you better not do something like you better not freaking do something sneaky over there. Can you imagine if you didn't pick Bijan after all that? Oh, I've imagined it. I've I've had the imaginations, let me tell you. <laughs> all right, I gotta go to the post office. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening. We will mail this marriage certificate in. We're making it official, everyone. So we will see you again soon. And bye. so bad.